Hi folks, welcome to the latest in our series of Creator Chats. I'm James, I'm from the Melbourne Athenaeum Library um, in the Melbourne CBD and I'm here today with Ben Hutchings who is a um, comic creator and founder of Squishface Studio in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. um, hi Ben. Hello, how you going? Not bad. Um, so do you want to start by just telling us a bit about yourself? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been drawing comics for a couple of decades. Um, been here in Melbourne for about 10 years running Squishface Comic Studio, which is a, a cartoonist workspace and collective and just for, just for cartoonists and comic artists and anyone in that that kind of side of things. Yeah, um, been, we're located in Brunswick. I've yeah, been doing that for about 10 years and drawing comics uh, for a living and for a hobby as well. Cool. And um, so how's all the Squish Face Studios and comic um, writing and drawing going uh, with the lockdown in effect? How's that uh, the, work, the working itself hasn't been disrupted. You know, obviously you can work anywhere, but... Um, and I was a little worried at first about the studio because members can't come in. I lost a few members because I couldn't afford to come in. They're losing their jobs a little bit. And also you can't, you're not really supposed to, you know, see other people and stuff. So I've got a one, two person rule now. So people still, because of the lockdown, actually, what ended up happening though, I thought we were going to close. What ended up happening is that people are so stir crazy from being at home so long that they do like to come in once a week or so. So I've actually scheduled this really strict schedule now and, we are kind of using the place, so I think it's going to be okay. Um, everyone's saying that we're going to loosen the restrictions soon, but even even if we don't, I think it's not going to be too long before we get back into it. So it should, should be okay. Should should survive, I think. Squish face will survive, I think. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So on you, how did you? What first drew you to writing comics? Um, what was the What was the realization? How did you go about starting? Uh, I was really young, so and I already drew all the time. So I just drew since was when I was a little kid and just like funny pictures. Um, but I think you know when I was maybe ten or so, I suddenly clicked and loved comics. Just loved them straight away. I think I read a couple of books that I really liked, and suddenly I, everything I drew became a comic. I would have been eleven or ten, and I never ever looked back. I never stopped wanting to be a comic drawer or draw anything else apart from them. Um, yeah, it was weird. Just suddenly and really passionately loved comics so much uh, and just bought them. Every single one I ever saw, I would buy it. Saved up every penny that I had to buy any comic that I found. Um, not, I'm not that obsessed anymore, but I'm right way into drawing. I love, still love doing it. Yeah, it's hard to explain like what made that happen, but... Um, you know, just I think I read a really wonderful book called The International World of Comics, which no, it's not here, but um, it's a man's collection. This man has a giant comic collection. He just made a book about it, photos of every comic, really valuable, significant comics in the history going back 100 years and photographs of all the front covers laid out in different genres. And it, I poured over that book obsessively. It was amazing. I remember every cover and wishing I could open them up and look at them. And I, yeah, that, that was part of it. You know, I just just became obsessed with them a bit. Uh, I don't read that many anymore. I actually don't really read heaps of them. I'm, I've got a whole bunch behind me, but I still, still that's 
relatively not that many. And um, but I just love drawing them so much. I always think of stories and jokes and ideas and stuff to to draw. And I'll do them whether I'm getting paid for them or not. I'll draw them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how do you go from um, working on um, being interested in drawing your own comics to um, Squish Face Studio and creating that space for, for others to do it? Uh, that was, the studio was because um, uh, that was more to do with, because I used to just work in my room and um, just work in the lounge room or something like that for my whole life, really, or bedroom or wherever, or the library or whatever. And we did a thing called Inherent Vice in the city. The NGV had a residency for comic artists and they called us up and said, oh, do you know anyone else? And can we get together a bunch of people? Like we're forming a team like that, you know? And I was like, yeah. And and so we got like nine people and we actually were just meant to work in there on show to the public. So we were just doing what we did at home. They even said bring your lamp and your desk and your chair in, just work in there as if you were at home and let people watch you. And I did. And it was so cool because I didn't know it was interesting or anything like that. And I don't know what people think. You just do it, right? And 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 people were watching us and, and crowding around and walking past. And, oh, it's just a man drawing. What, what's so amazing about that? You know, and, and sticking our pictures up. And, and they seemed really interested. And it was just um, nice. And I worked really hard during that time. And it was just a thrill. The whole thing was one of the best times. So um, when that was over... I wanted to have another one and they all kind of wanted to organize another one, but that, that never happened. But instead I thought maybe we should have a permanent place like this to do that all the time, you know? Um, so I found an empty shop front and got enough interested people to, to do that, to have a permanent place like that. Um, and the, the, the idea was that the public would come in and just like that other place, but it, that, it didn't work out like that. That was not a very realistic thing because you can't really do it in a small room. Like no one wants to walk into a small room and look at people draw. Like, it's a bit different. But it turned into to its own thing. It had its own, has its own feel. It's, it's, it feels very different than that. But it has a really good communal kind of feel and friendly as well. And um, and we just have all kinds of events and things like that. We're not we're open to the public technically, but but not really. It's more just like um. We're a shop front. And we do chat to people a bit, but but we more have events and things like that there. Mm. Yeah, it's it's become its own thing. It's really good. Yeah, good so I, I've never really come across anything like Squish Face Studio um, anywhere else. It's it seems to be quite its own unique beast. So, um, yeah. you know what what sort of events do you do you run for people? What sort of stuff would would people be likely to see if they did come through? Well, if they came through, they would really just see us working there, which is what always happens. We say hello, but we're just working. We've got a little area where you buy stuff. Nothing, nothing will really be going on, especially not now. There's nothing going on. <laughs> normally, people will come in and just look at the stuff that we sell on the shelves. And, and, and sometimes they come in with a question. There's not much to see per se, right? But events we will hold we'll, uh, events we will hold. We will hold events quite regularly we'll have um a real variety of things usually presentations mm. we had some dude come off the street i'd never met him before he was um from slovenia he goes hi i'm a cartoonist from slovenia can i do a can i do a presentation i do these back home all the time can i do it here so yeah okay and so he gave a 
we set a date and he came in and did this really awesome slideshow presentation of the comics that he draws and the Slovenian comic scene. And it was like a slideshow, but also he had pictures up of all the biggest cartoons over there. We bought all these Slovenian soft drinks and served them to people. And it was really, really fun. It was really nice. I'd never thought about Slovenian comics in my life, but there you go. That's the kind of random thing that happens. Or we might just go, there's nothing on. Let's, let's put a show on ourselves. And we have a gallery show, we have book launches there. Um, we have birthday celebrations. So every year we have, on, on the birthday, the opening of the studio, we'll have like a uh, coaster show, like a drink, you know, drink coasters. And we'll put out all these blank drink coasters, put out all these pens and just open the doors and just people will swarm in because it's usually in summer in um, January. And then people just want families and, and kids and everyone with their parents and people just draw and we stick them all up on the wall and um, have this massive show uh just with drinks and we have a, a monthly drawing night so that's just a free kind of social event we could come in and draw uh what else kids classes we run those quite often kids drawing workshops um heaps of things anything to do with comics and anything that people propose to us as well so uh, we, we we'd like to just have things on so that people come in and yeah. think about us and mm. yeah oh that's great sounds like um yeah it's it's i'm always amazed at um how interested people are at all the different stages of um, of comic production and everything like that. We had a, um, at my library, we have an artist residency every year. Um, and last year we had Chris Gooch um, came in yeah. working on um, Under Earth. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah, so, and so he, like you said, at the NGV, he brought in his desk and his lamp and everything and was, was working away and um, hey, was... So you're, you're- I remember when he did that. He's a member of Squishface. You knew that, right? Yeah, He's yeah, a- yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he was he was working there and it was amazing how many people came in to, to have a look at the work he was doing and how that was all all happening. So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing that um, I think I think it's something that libraries could be um, inter- like interested in um, for their members to, to show off that side of, of the process. Um, yeah. Is that something you've found you you had much to do with libraries or not? Um, you mean have I done those? Or, yeah, or yeah. Have you have you done events with libraries or anything like events? that? Events, not not a residency. I love that though. I've applied for a residency overseas and and stuff like that. But um, I really like doing. I haven't done residencies for libraries, but we have been involved a lot with libraries. You guys, i.e., libraries, have been doing comic-related things a lot recently. Diamond Valley did some really nice comic cons. They were great. Yeah. Up in, there, there was three of them. They were fantastic. I still think about them. And um, I think there's a couple coming up. There's a whole bunch this year, but but because of the virus, they've all been put off. Mm. But what else? Um, you know, yeah, I've just actually been invited to quite a few things that are now not happening probably for a while. But, uh, yeah, I love working with the libraries because they seem very interested in comics now. And, and so that's really cool. Mm. What else? We had a, yeah, we did have one in the city as well. Maybe that was, maybe that was your one where we had uh, a Squishface Studio ex- ex- exhibit. There was like a different one every month and a different organisation would put up their yeah. stuff. No, that but, wasn't, that wasn't us. That might've been the city library, but. Um, that was, Flint. yeah. Flinders Lane, yeah, that's a city library. Yeah. So, okay, different, yeah, different one. Mm. But yeah, so it's it's always great to to work with, like we're doing here with the Creator Chats. It's great to get the 
um, that collaboration with with the creators of of the stuff that's going into the libraries. Um, yeah. I think it's a really good way to um, add value for for library members and users to have yeah. that on offer as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So um, your work um, that you've done, probably the best known um, is The Invisible War, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, so can you tell us a bit about that and what that was like to work on? Yeah. In fact, where is it? I'll just get a copy out from my behind me. Oh, there it is. Hey, look, I've got a preliminary version before it was even made. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Photocopied with all the errors marked in texture. <laughs> but it, it doesn't look, actually, the end, the end one looks like that. And, and in fact, we've, we've got a new cover now. So we've, we've got a couple of different covers. We've got an updated one. Um, well, that's a cover I've got on my shelf, so. <laughs> yeah. We've got a, we've got a more colourful one now. Ah. But, but that's it. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm not showing you because you know it, but, yeah, just, I'm showing the audience. Yeah. So. I'm full of science. <laughs> yeah. This war, a historical, what is it, a historical science story, World War One nurse-based dysentery-affiliated book or something. <laughs> that was great. Oh, sorry, was there a question? There was, wasn't there? What yeah, was so um, what was it like to work on it? Um, oh, awesome. Really, really interesting, yeah, because um, uh, they contacted me early on and said, we're doing a science book. Can you do this? And I went, yep, and didn't really think about it. And they showed me some pictures, really basic pictures of, oh, we want to do this kind of thing. They showed me this very simple nine-panel comic of a virus landing on a bacterium and uh, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And I didn't think about it for nine months. And in that six or nine months or whatever it was, they were writing the book and they finally got in contact with me and showed me this, this draft of the script and it was so dense and huge and it was meant to be 32 pages or something really small. It was meant to be a really, you know, and I was just, there's no way, man, look at this. It's just all this information. Plus it was really dynamic and the story was so exciting and just wow, really it felt really in your face and like there was, it had room for being, you know, this epic thing. Um, and so I took, I think I, I said, you know, it should probably be twice as long at least, you know, but this is you know going to be huge and, and they were cool, cool, cool. And, um, and then I started thinking, really thinking about it properly. And it was, it was just this epic deep story, really unusual as well, really strange because it's, as you might know, it, it is about um, World War One, but focusing it tells the story of a, an Australian nurse in France in the medical um, emergency tents, you know, sending all the wounded soldiers. But then the story will zoom down into a, to a microscopic level to inside her gut because she get she contracts dysentery from a piece of cheese, and so it goes zooms right down and tells you how this how the germs get into the body and infiltrate the body and, and what they do and shows what they do as well in yeah. a parallel story. Yeah. I really like the parallels that that had between yeah. the war in world war one and the war that the antibodies are fighting with the, with the disease yeah. that's entering the body. And, yeah. Well, that was a really interesting way to do it. Yeah. It's almost like violence and everything. It's, mm. it's a, and, and, the, and the bacteria sort of have their voice. They sort of talk in a way. Uh, they kind yeah. of talk and have discussions and stuff. Um, and different armies of things, like with different... Uh, it's really cool. Um, uh, so I, I was learning as I was reading um, the script and, and working on it 
also researching heaps, but researching into World War One photos, which they're not, there aren't that many, mm. and also they're horrific, and also um, just like doing tons of research while I'm while I'm working. They were giving me heaps of reference material as well, just sending it to me all by email, you know. And there's three of them: there's a writer and two researchers and, and other researchers, and me just sort of blah, 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 drawing as fast as I could. But it took me, um, took me. Maybe a couple of months to pencil the whole book, just do the pencils, the rough pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took, um, I, I inked it in record time. Like I worked faster than I've ever worked to, to ink it, to do the inks and finish each page, I think a month and a half, something like that, which is a record. And it was really, really hard, but so good and so thrilling. Um, uh, uh, it was intense. Yeah, I loved it. I, I really loved it. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, and it was, um, a a very collaborative process. And how did you find, find that the, um, the collaboration work? Because uh, what a lot of, um, a lot of the people we've spoken to, um, so far in the creator chats, it's often been, um, their own little project that they're doing in, Mm. in their own Mm. space and everything. So that, that collaboration process, what was, how was that? Um, good. It's, it's different. Um, I think people work well when they're in groups and pairs, you don't want a big group, right? So, but, but working with two people or three people is, is really excellent, especially if you can only just get it all filtered down into one, one person that you're talking to, right? Having too much feedback can be a bit difficult. Having too many people say, change that, change that, change that. It just gets a bit, a bit hard. So um, uh, I think it was great. And I have to say the things where I collaborate are always the most, so far they're the most popular things because I'm only doing half the work, right? I'm, I'm living And that's nice too. Do it, letting someone else take care of one whole side of things is, is actually really nice in a way. Um, uh, yeah, hard, hard, to, hard to say. Yeah, when, when, when you're working by yourself, especially if you're working by yourself and no one's pushing you, like not to a deadline that anyone else has set, you're just taking it upon yourself to do a thing, then it's, you've, you, you've got to do all the motivation and you've got to set your own schedule and you've just got to do it because you want to. And it's difficult to want to for the whole, you know what I mean? But across the whole um, process and and yeah, yeah, and, yeah and through the bits that you don't like, like you mightn't like editing particularly or or particular mm. parts, yeah, to keep the motivation up through that, I can understand would be a would be a challenge. Yeah. So 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 I did a different book uh, called Mini Mel, which is a kids book. That took me thirteen years. <laughs> from the first drawing it did. I wasn't sitting there for thirteen years, but um, you know, working on it. But but from the first drawing, um and that was all me. No one heard about the book. Uh you know, that was all just me doing it. Um, and, you know, so obviously, yeah, I wasn't pushing myself that hard most of the time, but, yeah. So, Mini Melon, um, it's Ed and Timid Tom, isn't it? Mini Melon, Timid Tom? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's one of your more recently published works. Obviously, been yeah, working on it for a while, but um, that was just yeah. last year, wasn't it? Yeah, last July I brought that mm. out. And it's your first junior graphic novel, your first one for kids? 
or first graphic novel i think i did uh, kids i've worked on a few little yeah. kids things but yeah 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 mm. first substantial kids graphic novel yeah so, first proper size graphic novel or even maybe mm. done some pretty long ones before but i think that's the first full-size standalone book yeah yeah oh, that's that's good and um so what's it like um how's it compare doing graphic novels for for adults and and those for kids is it a same process different process or what are the similarities and differences oh the invisible war is also for kids so i mean high school kids um and and most of what i do yeah it is it has been in the in the past very much for adults or you know older teenagers that sort of thing's Mm. got bad language and all that kind of thing um working for kids no different man i i find it just it's no different. It's still me. It feels like it's still just me, but just holding my language a bit and, and, and not. Um, plus I think uh, it's, it's really easy. I, I don't find it difficult at all. I think my biggest difficulty is not including really massive words too often. And also uh, themes that are too deep because kids have a small bubble and a small kind of, they're not expanded really, really far yet. So you can't get too abstract. And I like getting abstract and I like talking about ethics and morals, but I don't think you can get too deep into things like motivations and just, just start to go, Oh, okay. Yes. Back off and just be a bit more simple about things. Yeah. But I find it really easy. It's really easy. Just like you can easily talk to your grandma and then talk to a kid. Right. And you can easily talk to your, wife or you can talk to your mate down the pub and then you can just go and talk to a kid it's not hard you just talk a bit differently right yeah yeah well that's really good it's um not necessarily a skill that i think um everyone realizes i have but um to be able to have that across different things but it's it's really great that you're able and confident to to create stories across across different age ranges and stuff so yeah 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 it's, it, I think kids care about, um, it's not true to say they care about the same things. They do, but just on a smaller, smaller. Mm. They care level. about the same things. They just care differently kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and their frame of, refer- of reference is just smaller yeah. things. So they know all about injustice. Mm. They know all about when people lie and when things aren't fair. It's just yeah. what they think fair and makes them cry is like not getting that jelly bean they wanted, but they still know what it feels like. Like yeah. it's the same feeling. It's exactly the same emotion. Isn't it? I reckon it is. Yeah. 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 So we've talking about, spoken about a few, about two different, different things. One, one for quite young kids, one for older kids. Um, yeah. One that was a collaboration, one that was all your own work. Um, when you are creating comics for in those different graphic novels in those different styles and for different ages and all of that, um, what are some of the things that um, really go through and are the same across across everything? And what are some of the things that um, really jumped out at you as differences between different ones that you've worked on? Yeah. You, uh, I mean, maybe some specific things like getting a laugh out of a swear word, you know, a well-timed swear word is, is always funny, but obviously you can't do that in kids' ones. Yeah. Um, aside from that, it kind of is the same things. People mm. using a strange turn of phrase is always funny to me. I do that all the time. I make people use very clumsy language just for for fun. 
Um, yeah, really, it. I don't think it is that different. Uh, I'm just talking in terms of comedy. Like uh, yeah. all my stuff's funny, right? So yeah. I just don't everything I do funny. Invisible War is not that funny, I have to say, but it's not meant to be. But it still uh, manages to find its moments through it, and it really yeah. helps the story by by doing that. I think. Yeah, you have to. You always have to have humour, mm. no matter what you're writing about. Um, that's a difficult question. I, I'd have to think about that one a little more. Yeah. What, well, we'll, we'll have to have to have you back for another chat and uh, and ask you about that then too. Satire is also different. You can't in a kids thing. They're not going to know what you're talking about a lot of the time. Uh, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's good. Cool. So. You do a lot of work through Squishface Studio with indie publishers um, and people who are self-publishing and all of that. Um, what advice would you have to two new creators who are looking to get published or looking to self-publish? Um, what's the best way to get your books noticed and to get them out there? Uh, social media is a really good thing to do. Um, contacting bookshops is a really good thing to do because they will also help you with that when they get your book and they know it. Um, Oh boy, there's so much. Yeah, uh, social media is the best thing. It really is. Uh, I can't deny that. Um, I have an Instagram which I tend to, uh, and I think that's a really good platform. Facebook just happens to work really well for me as well. Um, but getting it seen in any way possible is is the best thing to do. And attending conventions, so yeah, we'll have to go to a little effort forking out money for sitting at conventions and that kind of thing. Having a table at conventions is fantastic. Meeting people face-to-face and showing them your work. Getting your work seen in any way possible is, is the most important thing. Contacting book, uh, comic shops and uh, contacting comic shops and also bookshops if you've got an actual book with a barcode and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's it, it's, it's that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. And what about uh, libraries? How have you gone getting your books into libraries and what can other um, creators learn from, from what you've done? <laughs> they can learn from me. I've, I've had no success. I know so many librarians and all of whom love comics and love my work and love my book, but getting it to be in their catalogue has been a nightmare. I've got it on, I think James Bennett uh, is one of them and another one in Western Australia who are the suppliers. Yep, I think I understand that you contact a supplier when you do your buying thing or whatever it yep. is. It explained to me, but unfortunately, yeah, for some reason, I haven't been able to get one single copy into any library. I've, like I say, done tons of events, got lots of events lined up for libraries, readings and uh, readings in in libraries and and comic cons and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, just haven't been able. To, I don't really get it. I don't really understand how to get how to make that happen. It hasn't hasn't worked very well yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a library and you, you want my book, uh, maybe write to me. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, that's right. Well, yeah. James Bennett's uh, the one that our library uses, so um, yeah. definitely have to have to look into how it's going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we uh, finish up, um, mm. what are three current um, or three recent um, comics or graphic novels that you're 
read recently and would encourage oh, okay. others to, <laughs> to check out. Okay. So this is going to seem really strange compared to what we've been talking about up to now because <laughs> the ones that I like and the ones that I really love and stuff don't really relate much to what I actually do. Well, actually, I was gonna, I've was i got them here. This is why I'm leaning down. But, well, you're going to talk to Chris, so we won't go on about this too much. We've already mentioned Chris Gooch. I've recently finished his Under Earth. Under uh, Earth part three. three. Yeah. There's three of these. Locally produced Rizograph by our friends. Um, just... It, they're, they're amazing. I'm so glad that I've got the original three that he's printed because he's going he's gonna to do a different, more professional edition of that book later. So it's like a sci-fi trilogy um, uh, he, that he apparently was trying to, uh, he was trying to, what's the word, invoke the, the mood of old manga, like old mm. 70s manga, adventure manga, and he really did that. It's just got that nice, fast, instantly... Um, accessible you know you start you start reading and you're hooked and you watch this uh, adventure for so i really enjoyed that but we won't go on about that because he can go on about that himself uh this isn't recent it's a recent publication but you know the freak brothers freak Brothers. i'm not familiar with that one but um yeah this is a really 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 significant comic this is important. All, all libraries should have it. It's an adult comic. It's one of the first adult comics from the 1960s. The, um, uh, you know, Robert Crumb, you would have heard of Robert Crumb. Yep. Uh, the, the 1960s underground comic movement, Freak Brothers was the other one, the other major significant yeah. comic of the time. Okay. These three hippies that get stoned all the time, run from the cops, have adventures and just bum around getting things for free and, and living this. And it's really genuine. It's actually very funny. But it's also really authentic. You can tell the guy writing it lived that life to an extent, right? And I loved it as a kid. It was one of the ones that uh, got one of the ones that really made an impression on me as a very young kid, probably too young, um, when I found it, um, and influenced my drawing style quite a lot. Actually, lots mm-hmm. of black and white art, lots of little lines and things like that. And this this book here, which is a recent one, um, you can still get it. It's just got every single one ever made. So it's like, it's like the entire thing. So it's quite, quite culturally significant yeah. comic, particularly with American culture, counterculture and psychedelic uh, comics and that sort of thing. It's really good, really funny and silly comic. Um, my last one, which is really interesting, it's not great. None of the, I don't think these are graphic novels. I mean, Chris's one is, but these are more collections, anthologies than a, you know, a graphic novel. This is one called Kus. It's just a letter S there, but it's actually called Kus, K-U-S. It's from Lithuania. And it's a little um, anthology that comes out, I'm not sure how often, four times a year. And it's kind of art comics, like, like I guess you would say art comics. Some people call them art comics, experimental um the alternative comics, right? Um, has a different meaning now, I guess, but really just different form. Not necessarily funny, but um, very, very diverse and unique art styles, often just made by one person expressing themselves very, um, you know, in their own kind of way. But this is a very, very well. And oh, by the way, sorry, it's in English, so you can yeah. read it. Um, uh, it's really well curated, and. You know, you won't you won't like everything in it, but but it's just a real pleasure to read. It's it's just a really nice. Face. You can see how thick it is, and it's really small. This is almost all from Melbourne cartoons. This is the Australian one. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, you can get it at Sticky Institute. You know, Sticky Institute. Yeah, in yeah, 
the one down in and underneath um, Flinders Street Station there. Yeah. yeah. Th this was actually one of my favourite things at the moment is, is reading this. It's like a, just a nice little treat. Um, just a bunch of really odd comics, usually European, nearly always European comics, They're sometimes American, sometimes from all over. But um, I just like the absolute diversity of, of art styles, true stories, odd surreal stories, just, just it's a real mixed bag of stuff. Really well curated bunch of full color comics. Here's one that's all from Brooklyn, an anthology. All these comics are from Brooklyn in America. Yeah, you know, just it, I find that to be such a fun little treat. There's, uh, I think we're up to about issue, um, must be 70 or 80 now. Anyway, tons of them out. And they also bring out little tiny, um, little one off ones with self contained stories by different artists. It just looks like, you know, some yeah. of the, the art. Just so, um, just so cute and nice to look at this particular one. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure where else you can get that in Melbourne apart from Sticky, probably other little underground-y sort of <laughs> shops. But you can go online and get it. It's K -U, spelled K-U-S exclamation mark. So that's how you spell, spell it. And you can order them online. It's a really nice little comic. And, yeah, mm. that's many things at the moment. Yeah, definitely some more stuff for my TBR pile. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm interested too. Um, at the start of that, you said that your reading interests are quite different to your creative interests as far as comics and graphic novels. Do you know why that is? How how that came about? Um. Yeah, I've got a, a specific sort of comic that I want to do right all the time, yeah. uh, and nearly always funny. I nearly always want to do something funny. Not many people are doing funny comics, right? And I sort of like black and white, highly rendered adventures, right? Again, there's not too many. Well, maybe there's a lot of, there is actually a lot of manga in that style. But, but even so, I, I prefer drawing than reading, to be honest. I prefer making stuff to, to, to reading. I really do. Um, so that's, that's another reason. And... Uh, that's the reason. That's that's the short answer. I like working in a style that is not hugely pre prevalent. Is that the word? You know, not, yeah. not many, not many people doing the sort of thing that I want to do. Because mm. I was inspired by comics by a particular kind, like I was saying, Freak Brothers, yeah. and and things like that. And I still still want to draw that kind of comic, even now, thirty or twenty years later, or whatever it is. Um, despite what other people are making. I'm not, I haven't, I'm not particularly interested in computer color, computer, you know, doing that myself, but I like that other people do it. And like these Kush people who are doing comics in sort of crayon and watercolor and stuff. And I don't, I don't care about those mediums. I, I'm doing them. I don't care about them, but I like that other people are doing them. So I'm interested in what other people are doing sometimes, but yeah, it doesn't mean I want to do it myself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah, before we, before we get going, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. Same, but same. Before we do get going, um, what is the best way for people to keep updated on your projects and keep updated on what Squishface Studio is doing? All right. So I'll give you just a bunch of uh, <laughs> online answers yeah. now. Um, so, um, uh, Squishface Studio, which is where we've got a website that's just with information. So squishfacestudio.com, the end. You can find about whatever we're doing on that. 
me personally, if you want to read my back catalogue of work, hutcho.net, that's my website. Finally, my book, Mini Mel and Tim and Tom, look up uh, melandtom.club and you will just find a link to the book. But if you want the interesting stuff, do consider Instagram because I've got one account for every all three of those things. Uh, look up Ben Hutchings, look up Squishface Coing Studio and look up Mini Mel and Tim Tom on Instagram. There I will post everything pretty much that I ever draw, every event that we ever do. Um, it's a lot more exciting on there. I just like that platform. I love Instagram. It's do you, do you go on that? It's it's just I, it's not. Just, I I don't go on there as much as um as I go on some some others. Um, as far as yeah. libraries, um, Twitter tends to be the big one. Um, there's a very active yeah. um, Twitter base for for libraries. But um, yeah, Instagrams yes, are. Um, I think it's growing. I think I think people are um, becoming more interested, particularly for. Um, uh, those who are interested in comics and graphic novels because yeah. it is a more visual platform. So it does lend itself better. Yeah. Yeah. More visual. Twitter's very loud. Uh, Twitter's for words. It definitely is for literature and words, man. Yeah. Twitter's for words, for reading. Um, yeah. Instagram's where the, the images are at. So, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to get information, those three websites, you know, how everyone knows how Google works. Ben Hatching, <laughs> Mini Mel and Tim Tom, and but the Instagram I, I love. That's where I put all the cool mm. stuff, all my photos of, of everything that we do and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. I will try and make sure we put those links down in the description for the video as well, so that um, yeah, so that people can go straight there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much, and um, yeah, look yeah, forward to pleasure. what comes what what comes from the, in the future from from both you and from Thanks. Squishface. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>